All right, it's 5.30 and we've got quorum, so we're gonna get started. Um, I'm calling the meeting to order. Uh, we'll do a roll call. If you just say your name into the mic so the minute taker can hear us. Margaret Beck. Nicole Villanueva. Christina Wolu reynolds Kevin Boyd. Jordan Sullivan. Frank Wagner. Deanna Thoman. All right, public discussion of anything not on the agenda. If you guys are here for an agenda item, that's not now, but looks like none. Um, all right, item D, the Certificate of Appropriateness. This is uh, 804 Iowa Avenue. And Noah Stork just arrived. Okay, 804 Iowa Avenue is in the College Hill Conservation District, as you can see here on the corner of Lucas and Iowa Avenue. The house is built well, I guess I didn't put down the construction date, but uh, it's a Tudor Revival style house. As you can tell, there's a brick first floor area, and there's a stucco with decorative board detail above. There's um, highly pitched um, gable ends facing forward. Um, this is that portion of the house that we we're just looking at that faces south. And in 1966, there was an addition added off the side. There was an existing shed roof dormer on the um, west facing side and they extended the east facing one into the new addition. In 2016, there was a project that reworked some of the basement and some of this, um, I guess there's a patio back here as well. This shows the west face, so we have the historic portion of the building again and the 1966 addition. A bulk of the project involves replacing several windows. This is pretty light, but this is facing kind of like that aerial photo. So this is the historic portion on the south side, and this is the wing, and it's been cut off to fit on the slide. They are proposing to replace uh, the first floor windows in these locations and around here, as well as this one in the 1966 edition. And they're also proposing to replace the side lights on the front door. From the exterior, this is basically what we're looking at on the front windows. We have a double hung that is eight over one. We have three of them. They each have a transom that has four lights above. Um, there's wood trim in between. There happens to be brackets above that as well. On the interior, um, some of these photos are from today and some of these photos are from September. It's been visited twice. This is a general condition of the interior of the windows. Um, they were originally varnished and they've been painted. Um, very typical sash, uh, very typical transom as well. There are a few things that we noticed that were um, minor issues. First of all, we have um, a poor paint job. It's not sticking to the varnish, so the varnish is underneath. We could see it. The varnish, in some cases, was actually in pretty good condition. It looked like there might have been another paint over that. You can see a little bit right here. And the paint is just not adhering well to the varnish at all. Uh, it might not have been prepped or primed properly. It's hard to say. Um, these windows have been all rehabbed. They've been weather stripped. Um, what they did is they put a T-shaped channel in the uh, jam, and in this case here, the sill. They then cut a groove on the sash so that it would fit in that channel. This is something that's standardly done with professional uh, window rehabbers to help increase the energy efficiency of the window. It helps stop some of the air from blowing in between the sash and the frame. In this case, there's also a weather stripping bar that is put at the uh, meeting styles on the window and there's a little groove cut in the lower sash to um, accept that. And as you can see, there's general paint uh, peeling on this window. This is a south facing window. We can see the interior sill. We can also see the sill in between the storm window and the main um, sash. Both are in good condition. Again, this has the weather stripping here. We did notice on the um, south-facing windows on the west side of the front that three of them have a broken sash cord. Uh, we don't know if there are other broken sash cords maybe holding up the upper sashes. Um, we didn't try all of the windows, so we don't know. 
all of the sash cords have been painted over. This is a general condition of one of the windows on the west-hand side. As you can see, it, it has a six over one pattern instead because the window is narrower. There's two of them on that side. One of the things we did notice is there is a problem with the trim in the house. The project does include uh, replacing all of the trim. Um, here, this is on the east side of the front door and the south facing windows where you can see that the trim at the head of the window is separating from the wall. On the west facing um, windows you can also see that because of some of the dry conditions in the space um, some of the trim paint has cracked where the trim meets the wall as well. This is the 1966 uh, south facing elevation um, drawn by um, J. Bradley Rust Architects. And this shows the oldest depiction of this property that we currently have. And so currently this would be uh, what we would look at as um, the historic condition. And the 60s was historic anyway. So here you can see that the upper floors also had four over one double hung windows. Those were replaced prior to the formation of the conservation district. You can see that the pair of windows above the front door uh, were 15 light casement windows. You can see the existing uh, pairs of windows on either side of the front door. You can see that the door, at least in this depiction, was some type of a, a board, more like a Tudor style door than the current door. And you can also see that the windows, the side lights at that time, were just single pane glass. And that is not unusual for a house of this type. Here you can see now what we have. We have all of the upper floor windows have been replaced, again, prior to the formation of the district. We have these uh, eight over one and transoms that were shown in the drawing. We have a different door and windows at least similar to the ones that were shown in the 66 drawing. Part of the project is also to replace these single pane windows with 15 light windows. Our guidelines would not have us make a change to a property that could um, add a uh, historic, a conjectural history, a fake history. If we were to find evidence of the fact that this house would have had 15 light windows on either side, then yes, that could be used as evidence to support replacing them and changing that pattern. Otherwise, in this case, because we also have the 1966 drawings that show the single pane window on either side of the door, we would consider that the existing and potentially historic condition and recommend not changing that to a 15 light window. This is the window on um, the back on part of the new addition. You can see here that it is also an eight over one double hung window. Um, I might have to go back to that west image. I don't think I put it in here again. Anyway, that window is actually right here. And currently it's just a one over one double hung window with uh, wire glass in it. It is proposed to be replaced, uh, I believe with an eight over one double hung window as part of the project. Since that window is not historic, the condition of the window would not need to be uh, evaluated at all to approve replacing it. And replacing it with an eight over one double hung window would um, match that historic condition of the time, at least when the addition was built. So that would be recommended to be approved. Included in um, the window specifications for this project was aluminum coil stock. There was no mention of its use, and so I can only conjecture that it was meant to cover some of the exterior wood trim on the house. Our guidelines are explicit in the fact that covering any siding or trim with anything is disallowed. And so that would not be something that we could approve. Now, typically in um, oh, uh, HUD projects, similar projects that use government funding, they might use aluminum coil stock to cover historic trim. 
because it's a very inexpensive way to um, just cover that product and have it look like uh, metal. This is an example of the house at 426 Church Street that recently went through a siding, um, a synthetic siding removal project. And here you can see a window and its sill and another window. And granted, these are the best photos I had of the precondition here, that these are covered in aluminum coil stock. And so basically what it tends to do is just cover the wood. Um, it prevents you from needing to paint, but it also uh, can trap moisture into the wood and again is not something that is um, allowed according to the guidelines. So because of that, as you might have noticed in the staff report, we have two motions. First of all, I'd like to remind everybody that we always phrase all motions in the affirmative. We are going to approve this project. Anyone who does not want to approve that project would just simply vote no. So instead of if you had a project that you intended to say not approve, you wouldn't say we're voting to not approve this. You would always be voting to approve it. You would just vote it down instead. So we have uh, the recommended motion here to um, uh, approve a certificate of appropriateness for the project in Iowa Avenue as presented in the application. This would include the replacement of all of the windows that they mention. It would include the covering of any, the use of their aluminum coil stock if it's to cover trim. It would include the replacement of the side lights on either side of the door with 15 light windows. And it would also include the replacement of that one back window in the, in the um, new addition. If the commission should vote that down, and there are elements of that application that you would approve, you can write a sec have a second motion to approve other parts of the project. Staff recommends that that, uh, that one window in the rear portion of the newer addition is approved. And so this alternative uh, approval includes only the replacement of that window with the window they propose, but retaining any exterior wood trim and repairing the remaining uh, wood windows and retaining all the exterior wood trim. Today, um, uh, Dave Powers and I, he's one of the uh, housing inspectors. We both visited the property. Our recommendation to the owner is to have a painter strip the paint that's failing. And at least they could have a handyman re-rope all the windows, tighten or loosen any stops that may uh, impede the opening of the windows. As an alternative project, they could go ahead and remove all the sashes and reglaze them as well as the other two things. But for these windows, which are in good condition to um, open and shut and do the job they're supposed to do, it appears that they only need to be repainted and have their ropes fixed. Great, so just a reminder of the order of events here. Now is the time for the commission to ask. Can you just clarifying questions, something you just didn't understand, trying to avoid getting into any kind of discussion? We'll open the public forum for the applicant and the other members of the public. We'll close that, we'll get a motion on the table, and then we'll discuss among ourselves. So, um, so any quick kind of clarifying questions for Jessica? You can ask questions again later. It's just sometimes it's helpful. I sometimes I'm like, I just want to make sure I am going into the other part, understanding what she just presented. So, all right. So Jessica, none, oh, I'm, ahead, I'm curious, what is 15 light? It just um, the window is divided into 15 little panes. So they're three across and five down. Okay, that works. Thank you. And you weren't sure about the age of the building, 1920s, 30s? Yeah, it's somewhere in there. I just forgot to put just it in the staff report. Just because that's what the report. windows look like. Yeah, I agree. Any others? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut that off early. All right, we'll, have the, we'll open the public forum. The applicant's welcome to speak or the representative. They're not obligated to, but they're welcome to. We just need you to come up, and then if you wouldn't mind, um, there's a place to sign in your name so the minute taker can make sure that they get that right. Hi, I'm Lynette Lanseal. 
Uh, I am the president of the Kaimega House Corporation. I've been on the House Corporation for 40 years. I was actually a resident of the House, lived there for three years, and have served the House Corporation, I feel, very well um, for a very long time. We have a, I am not a typical landlord as a past member and um, somebody who cares deeply about this house. Um, we um, definitely plan our projects and our requests uh, very, very carefully and are careful stewards of the funds that we, um, we have available to us, which are, as we all know, dwindling um, at this time of everything costing more. Um, I will point out right away that um, our intention is not to use aluminum coil stock. I was quite surprised with when that came up. The, our intention is um, to use the existing wood trim, not only exterior, but um, in the interior of the house as well, and to actually reuse um, the current trim because we, we do like the current style that it looks like. And uh, this whole project was actually uh, initiated because we're at doing a remodeling, replacing carpet, replacing wallpaper, painting the interior. Um, it hasn't been done now for over 25 years. And while the house looks very nice on the interior, I'm afraid, you're, I'm afraid the pictures didn't quite do us justice. You picked the, the windows in, in the house that are, because they are on the side, it is hard to get paint to stick to those windows. Um, but um, the house is, in, is lovely and it's in very good condition and we're very proud of it. And, and we have maintained that house really well for almost 40 years without the intervention of the Historical Society, we have re-roofed, re we have re-stuccoed, we have repainted, we have re-landscaped, and we feel very proud of what that house looks like. We feel it's a, it's a real cornerstone over on 804. Uh, so just to first of all say, we, we don't have any intention of, of using the aluminum coil stock. But we, we do want to improve the longevity of the house, and to improve the longevity of the house, we said if we were going to ever replace and make the house warmer and to be sustainable over a long period of time because we are going to be doing the, the walls and the, the wallpaper and stuff, this would be the time for us to consider replacing those, those windows. Uh, and um, the windows haven't been opened, as far as I know, for over 40 years. And as I said, I, I've been there and the existing storm windows have been in place for over 40 years. And let's face it, those storm windows aren't very pretty. Uh, what our intention was is to actually replace those windows with energy efficient uh, Pella windows uh, that are, um, have good insulated glass with the hopes that perhaps we don't even have to use storm windows going forward, that we could actually have the windows as they um, are meant to be um, originally. And, uh, but part of that has to do with what we're going to be allowed to do. If, if we do go ahead and have to repair the windows, well, then obviously the storm windows will remain in place uh, because the current glass is, is very inefficient. If you're a glass piece that's made in 1924, um, which that house is, dates back to, you can imagine that the, the glass, while um, you know, some would say it's beautiful. It is not energy efficient for us, and we are trying to heat an old, old big house um, with um, energy inefficient windows. And so that was one of the goals of this project is to do that. And I don't know if I'm missing anything, James. Um, James Phelps. Um, um, Uh, I'm James Phelps. I'm the architect that's been working with Chi Omega. Uh, I'm also the architect that, that did their 2016 project back then. Um, I, I guess the only thing I wanted to emphasize here is that uh, even though uh, there's this consideration of new window, we, we don't want anything that doesn't look proper. Um, so looking at, uh, you know, a higher-end Pella was something that... Uh, you know, it, it costs a little more money to do it, but we thought that uh, the windows that uh, are being selected are very appropriate and, and look and complement the building and the historic sense of it, too. Um, one thing that uh, 
Robert is here from Pella, and uh, he brought a uh, window with him. And if it's appropriate, um, you all are more than welcome to see the actual windows that uh, would be installed there. So um, thank you for your consideration. Appreciate it. Thank you all. Appreciate, it. Appreciate your consideration and, and your care. Thank you. Any other members of the public want to speak? All right, we'll close the public hearing. We need to get a motion uh, on the floor so that we can discuss. So I want to make a motion. Be the first one. Uh, Wagner moves to a motion to replace windows as proposed and covering trim with aluminum coil stock. Uh, move to approve certificate of appropriateness for the project at 804 Iowa Avenue as presented in the application. Reynolds seconds the motion. All right, discussion. So it looks, can you go back to the picture of the house? So the windows that are getting replaced are just these proposed to be replaced are just the six. These. And then the six transoms above. And then there's a double hung, there's two double hungs on this side and two double hungs on and this side. And they're also original. Mm -hmm. Got it. And then everything up above was replaced? Probably the 90s, I think. Okay. Maybe after the tornado or no? No. Okay. Earlier than that. And they're not getting replaced, proposed to replace that? Correct. Okay. And in replacing those, would we lose um, the individual panes that are up in the, the top, the small? The windows that they propose to replace them with would be considered appropriate. They match the current configurations. It's just that the guidelines require that windows are deteriorated beyond repair to replace them. Historic windows are meant to have a storm window to create the energy efficiency of them. Yeah. I I think, I mean, sometimes the commission's asked to weigh in on tough calls where the guidelines are not, you know, the, the, the project doesn't necessarily fit the guidelines or there's some built-in flexibility um, or kind of our job to kind of interpret. And, and this just, to me, is not one of those times at all. I mean, our guidelines are, are clear that this is not allowed unless they're deteriorated. Um, and I don't, I don't think we should approve this. Um, on top of that, you know, we, these can be, repaired. Um, we know that the, there's climate change issues in terms of adding these to the landfill if they would be replaced, that transportation costs of getting the new windows being produced and getting them here. Um, you know, these windows were built to design to be repaired permanently. I and mean, that's what the old windows were meant to do. So I, I think our, our job here is pretty straightforward and, and clear based on our guidelines. I agree. And I also want to say that I think that uh, it serves the integrity of the house to keep the, the uh, historic windows in place as they are uh, with, uh, with significant repairs as needed. But I do think that that project seems perfectly manageable. I mean, the other thing I would point out is with the storm windows that are on there now, if they're just aluminum recessed storm windows, actually, the building 1920 structure would have had flush mount storm and screen windows that you could take out in the spring and put the other storms back in in the fall. First floor. And I mean, that's easy. And I w but you wouldn't even have to do that. You could replace those with the, the windows themselves are not the energy hogs there. It's actually the storms are probably not good. And you could get the new flush mount without naming any brands. You can get flush mount storm windows that look like the original storm or screen mm -hmm. uh, windows that actually really do improve the R value of that. And are some window. of those made with wood? Um, you could be, they wouldn't have to be. They'd be, and you know, they wouldn't, I, from what I can see, these look like they're just gray aluminum where, you know, the new ones would have been black or, or dark green. That's typically what the colors of window sashes would have been in the 1920s. And my experience is 1920s windows are really great. Yeah, they look pretty good to me. Yeah. To mean, me too. <laughs> other thoughts? Just can we get the motions back up on the screen here? I think we're ready for a vote. Uh, again, if you're voting. We're voting on the first motion. We're voting on the first motion. There's a motion on the floor. 
It's a motion is moved to approve as presented. So if you don't want to approve, you vote no. All right. But can I just clarify? Yeah. Okay. So just being new here. Uh, so the public, you know, the individuals who are representing, they would like to replace the windows. Those those windows that we just talked about, and right. we're say, you're saying, no, you need to fix the windows that are there. I'm, I'm saying I'm saying the guidelines say that. The guidelines say that. that the windows need to be repaired unless. Unless they're too damaged. Yeah. Like beyond repair. Yeah, usually it's a lot of it's it's what when we see when we were when we often replace approve windows to be replaced, it is because they are rotted, fifty percent or more, and okay. unable to be repaired. Okay. One more clarifying question, but they're, they could replace the storm windows with whatever they want to without, I guess, us approving We them. don't regulate storm windows and storm doors, so they can always be replaced. They're typically the sacrificial element because okay. they get all of the weather, and they would need repair or replacement a lot more often than the actual windows. Okay, so potentially just fixing the current windows and replacing storm windows could kind of cover. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we don't know why that option wasn't considered. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. All right. Are we ready for a vote? Mm -hmm. All in favor of the motion say aye. All those opposed say nay. 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 Anyone not voting? I'm not. Okay. Is that okay? That's fine. I'm, I'm just, yeah. That's fine. I guess part of me just wants more information, I think. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Yeah, you okay. Cannot, you cannot vote. Okay. So, but that's, I, can you do the count? There's how many of us? There's eight of you. So it's seven, zero, one recuse. Yep. Okay. All right. Then we have an alternative motion. Okay. Wagner uh, moves to approve the alternate selective winter replacement and winter repair. A certificate of appropriateness for the project at 804 Iowa Avenue replacing the rear window on the west elevation with the window proposed in the application, retaining exterior wood trim and repairing the remaining wood windows, retaining exterior wood trim. Do have a second? Do you know I have a second? Any discussion? All right. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Did, any not voting? Okay. Great. Wait. You didn't vote again. Is that right? I, I, you did, yeah. All right. I mean, yeah, I think that would be a fine yes. vote. <laughs> if okay, that was great. the route, I yep. think that would be a great option, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, all right. On to item E, the review of the 2022 Historic Preservation Commission work plan. Okay. I didn't make you any slides. That's fine. I printed out the... I have my copy as well. So in the what's that? I, yeah. I'm just going to listen. Uh, in the in the so we every year uh, have done a, are required Jessica by the state. President. Yeah, I could introduce that. So every year we do an annual report. It's due the end of February, and so we will bring it to the commission uh, for approval um, at the February meeting. We also have a requirement to create a work plan at that time, and so that is something that you will also vote on and approve. Um, you know, the the historically the work plan has been. Uh, I would describe very ambitious. When we, when I first joined the commission, it was just like everybody's wish list, and we just it was like without much focus. A few years ago, we reworked the um, some of our bigger priorities to align with the city's expressed um, goals that the city council passed in the strategic plan, hoping that it would um, inspire more engagement, um, which is the document that was in the uh, commission packet. Um, I think the city has recently reworked a few of these. I think it's very, very close. But yeah, I haven't looked at it, but I do think that they kind of altered their strategic plan a little there's bit. Like, I think they added a set. There were six, they added a seventh, and they reworked one um, and combined a few, I think. So um, I will say to the long term, you know, I'm, I'm coming on like year seven of this commission, I think, maybe somewhere around there. When I, um, when I started, we had a different. Um, Head of the planning department, uh, who would alloc who uh, would allocate more staff time to historic preservation stuff, just because the historic preservation planner um, would would get when applications were busy, would get hours extended a little bit, and um, other projects could happen. We applied for grants very often, and and did 
you know, we, we did additional work. Um, with the, the new city manager, hired a new um, uh, director of neighborhood ser development services, essentially, um, I think is what they... Is the I think it's the neighborhood development services. That's the, umbrella. the okay. entire group. Thank you. Um, and I should clarify that I did not get more time when for projects. It was more that this, the planner had been doing my job before I was hired for a period of time. So he did the job. And so if a special project came up that I needed more time for, he would help make it so that I had more time to do that. When he was no longer able to help, he did get an emergency extra hours for me for a period of time that was then taken away when um, yep. staff changed to new levels. Yep, and and some of it was just the the philosophy of the the previous this the, like right. So the city council makes policy, and a lot of what what actually gets happened is made by staff choices, right? And the 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 current director of the, the current city administration, not the elected folks, the, have decided it's not a priority and has not invested in that on their own in the department or otherwise. I will say with one notable exception when the home builders asked them to send out a survey. So just gonna make that exception noted. <clears throat> so there's been fewer and fewer things. I mean, we, we have, those of you who have been on the commission for a little while, remember we got a few grants that were kind of filtering in through after that. And so it's been very hard to kind of move much of this forward. The city staff, in my opinion, is uh, attempts to slow our efforts uh, because they are, well, I'm not gonna assign reasoning, but they, but they do. Um, that is, uh, I think, can be noted. That said, um, this is the plan that we wrote uh, a couple years ago, updated a little bit last year, and probably should update again uh, for, like, for next meeting. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I'm happy to, as chair, kind of take a take a look at this, update the plan that we um, look at the city, um, <clears throat> the their updated goals, and try to kind of just rework this a little bit, and we can maybe spend some time next month figuring out if there are um, items that we should, you know, as we do our work plan, maybe recommend to city council again. You know, we've recommended a few things that they have ignored, um, and that we could ask them to just. Hey, we'd like some direction. You have the right as a council to say no to these things, but we'd like some feedback on them. Um, so, you know, I could uh, say that you know there, there's. I tried to look at this work plan a little bit to see you know what we had made progress on. I did note that there's at least one thing that we did make progress on. On the uh, second page of the work plan under demonstrate leadership in climate action. We had a long-term goal of providing resources for energy efficiency, repair, and maintenance of older homes on the city's website. And um, city staff has created a web page that provides information about uh, like some incentives and stuff like that. Some historic preservation related, some not, that are all on one page. That um, so that is one thing that came as a direct response to the commission and, and the chair um, stating a need for that. So I think it would be helpful if you guys take, took a look at this uh, before next meeting. I'll try to update it again for the next packet. But if there are particular things that you think we should include, take out, et cetera. I just, I don't know what exactly what you hoped. I'm sorry, I feel like we should have chatted more about this before the, before the meeting. No, that's okay. <clears throat> um, you know, I do think it is something that the, the commission should actually go through and read through it. So please do that. It's, I don't know, it's not that long really. Um, I do think that we should have it in a form that could be finalized with notes at the next meeting. So. Maybe what we do is if anyone between now and the next meeting notices that there's something in there that they'd like to provide a comment on or suggest a change or something, maybe go ahead and email me. That way I can kind of get it in there. Kevin and I can talk, he can up, make an update, and then we can kind of present to you at the February meeting like the final version kind of work plan. And you should think about it as far as, you know, the commission has long-term goals, like what do we want to do within five years? Mm -hmm. But 
also, is there anything that you think that the commission can take on and just get done in a year or something like that? Yeah. I, I will say there's, I, I, I'm, you're hearing a little bit of frustration with me on this because there are things that we, that the city staff has asked us to do. The city attorney said we needed to update our maps, for example. Um, you know, and during the pandemic, I went around to like all of the three of the four of the districts and noted changes, put together a document because of lack of staff time. Like we, we couldn't, you know, I can give you, I can give some guesses of what I, th Hey, I, this looks a lot different than it did before. You know, here's, this seems like it was noted as non-contributing and now looks to be contributing. They rebuilt the ports, they took off the siding, you know, but the professional needs to look at that, right? And be, and go out and do that. And so even when there are opportunities for us to like take on projects, it is limited by what the, the city government officials, the city administrators um, decide, you know? And, and so I will say that there, you know, but I, I do think that that should not uh, discourage us from finding things that that we think are achievable and doable. Um. And I could make some suggestions. So when you're when you're thinking about that and looking at it, yes, there should be some consideration on what is something that the individual members of the commission can do versus what would require, I, I don't know, me or other staff to be involved with. So think about that a little bit. But one of the things that I think as a professional in historic preservation is extremely important is having a sense of what you have as your building stock in your community. We have a long history of surveying, which is what we call what we do when we go around and look at and write down notes about all the properties. We survey them. We have surveys in all of the north side and we stop at the railroad tracks so we don't go further south. So none of the area south of the railroad tracks has been surveyed. The we area along like Kirkwood. Yes, and, like the yep. Kirkwood neighborhood, you know, that kind of neighborhood. We the also Hispanic neighborhood in Yes. You know, um, Oakland um, Park. Manville Heights has been surveyed, so that's been done. But we also, in generally in historic preservation, have a renewed interest in kind of that housing stock from the 40s, 50s, 60s time period, kind of getting into um, a change in building types. I mean, they're simply not built the same, generally. Some of the 40s are. But when you get into this mid-century type, we do have some neighborhoods of that. And now is the time when we want to go and look at that. Their surveys are done at different levels. You always start a survey with what we call a reconnaissance survey. And this is where we're just driving or walking around and doing it. We don't need to be skilled professionals to do it. We just need to be bodies and legs and hands and that can like write and eyes that can see. Writing down like the, the date of the house was built, what the You'd get are. just a little bit of training and there would be some organization and there's actually a specific form. Okay. And so that kind of thing, just kind of doing that <coughs> lowest level reconnaissance survey to kind of have a better idea of what we have in housing stock, that's something that you know, individual commission members could do. Or you could group with a neighborhood association and do it. That doesn't require staff time. Now, staff time would help get you organized, train you a little bit, answer questions along the way, and then take the information from you and put it where it goes, which is generally at the state. But that's that type of project is something that you could take on if you find an interest in it, um, just because of the fact that it just takes individuals to do it. And I would just wanted to suggest it just because there are some areas that we really should, we get questions about a lot, and it'd be nice to know. Yeah, I, uh, my uh, dad's dad, my grandfather, built a lot of houses in the 1950s, 60s, and. 70s, and um, I've been the kind of tracking the the records of that of long. He died in 77 before I was born, long since passed. But finding there are a bunch of new tools to be able to find some of that, and you know, kind of researching the development of the area um, 
uh, east of First Avenue and some of those developments. Um, you know, was a, yeah, there's some really cool stuff. And I mean, there's a, great neighborhoods all over. I just Bel Air. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've just been thinking a lot about that era more recently and in that work as well. Mm-hmm. This seems like kind of an existential historic preservation question, but what happens when we when the 90s are 50 years ago and some of the really mm-hmm. not great stuff <laughs> becomes pre- uh, under the, you know? Yeah, you know, historic preservation just... Never ends. It always grows. And, you know, you think about it, okay, there's houses from the 90s that you might be like, ugh. Well, chances are, over time, some of those actually will really be replaced. Yeah. Or they'll be updated, you know, so they don't fit their time period anymore. So they're just not a historic property. But at the same time, I mean, we have... We have names to describe some of these houses, you know, and we just don't use them very much because we don't tend to look at those properties. But they can be kind of the most exciting. You might think, man, that, you know, the shed roof ones where they're all, you know, (laughs) that's a style. And there are some historians who are actually, you know, let's save them. You know, so it, it, it just depends. You get to the point where... It needs to be an exemplary example. Okay, I see. You know, you're not going to go to your average split level and be like, you know, it would be one. <laughs> well, oh, it might be a neighborhood. A neighborhood, yeah. I think I think of that often. I mean, there, you uh-huh. know, there were neighborhoods that looked a lot like the north side. On the west side, they're just gone. I mean, the area that yeah. is, uh-huh. you know, the law school and the, the um, west lawn and all of those. You know, there was whole neighborhoods there that. Well, up and down Burlington. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, oh. But but I think the idea of like preserving, finding over time, finding you know neighborhoods that are representative of those eras and those times, yeah. you know, kind of get more so than a, maybe a particular. You know, house. like the Morningside neighborhood. A lot of it was built kind of in the fifties and sixties, and there might be some pockets. There there could be a, a potential historic district there, but at the same time, it wouldn't be the entire neighborhood because when you get to the level of a historic district you're looking for a cohesive area and so you know if you have one that's been you know remodeled poorly maybe that's fine you still have a district but then when you start to get to the edge and there's a lot then maybe the district ends there you know so it's not that every house could potentially be listed on the national register it still needs to be special or somehow exemplary or a cohesive neighborhood because that's where houses could have more changes. We just don't know because there's been so much. The surveys stopped. I don't know when the last one was well, done. Well, we did the, the, in the downtown district, I think. Yeah, took, the d- downtown district is, I think, a little bit different. Because, it, it is, but I think it's yeah. the last similar type. We yeah. haven't done a neighborhood. Yeah, I don't think there's been a neighborhood survey not Otherwise, since like '04, yeah. something like that. It's been a long, long time. So, and we would need a grant or a professional to write maybe an intensive survey of a neighborhood or a property, write a National Register nomination, those things we could use to move a property on. But we have to have the reconnaissance survey first. And we don't have to have a professional. We could. And in the past, we have, but we don't have to. We could have just, just <clears throat> how many volunteers. On average, how many grants did we used to apply to? I think it was like three, like I would say two to four. I, I actually don't know that. I do have a master list. Our record keeping over time has been not great, and so it's been a little difficult to keep track. But I do have a list of grants. The, what happened is when I first came here, we applied for seven grants within the first few years, and we got all of them except for the very first one. And so that's what happened is we used to have a discretionary fund if we found the need to apply for a grant to study a property or whatever, we could do that. And about the time when I came here, the rules on that were changing. Um, kind the of rules in, at, at the city level. Yeah, yeah okay. at, the, at the staff level. And so now we no longer have that. And so we would have to go through like a vetting process on our project in order to get a grant. And so we would need to know more about what we're doing. 
So. Other thoughts while we're here, and then we can talk more about it next month as well. So you you do yeah, you do want us to review this work plan, and if we have feedback to provide it, do you want that ahead of yeah. the next meeting? I was going to probably well I'll, I will write something in advance of the next packet, which goes out on the second of February. Of February, so I'll probably write something mm -hmm. that week if I'm being honest. <laughs> so like in the next two weeks. Okay, so we're giving information and feedback before you do your rewrite. Yeah, that'd be great. If you have, I mean, if it's like, the, if the feedback's like, I think we should put this above, you know what I mean? Like, but if oh, you have like substantial changes, it would be great. Yeah, I mean, that. if it, you don't need to go through this and edit it or no, something. I'm not so don't do that. that. But if you've got ideas, it. things that you've been thinking yes, about that you, <laughs> we think we should include, you know, even if it's just getting them on paper somewhere, I think is good. Even if it's a, gets ambitious you know there's changes happen and maybe someone's like maybe i win the mega millions tomorrow night i'm like all right give me the plan let's go right? you know? um, or even you know if you think that there's a problem and there's some you know we can solve a problem there's that too so just if you have a suggestion email me or kevin or both of us or something just so we can it would be good to have a draft for the next meeting that can be approved you're um the annual report will be kind of done <laughs> and then you'll approve it. And anyone who has not been here for an annual report, and I can't really remember, I don't know, you'll get a little biographical sketch sheet that you have to fill out and sign from me as soon as I can remember to send it to you. And then I have to have it before I submit the annual report in um, the end of February. It's real short. Yeah, it's super it's like, short. It's like a five-minute task. Yeah, at, but you at, do have yeah. to That's sign it. New members. new members, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If, you've, if you've filled one out already, yes. then you don't do it again. Yep. So, yeah. And we will also, I have to um, figure out when, but we will present a form of the annual reporter. I will to um, council as well. I have to get that, get going on that. Yeah, they don't invite me to those things. <laughs> I probably you could come along if you wanted. I, yeah. Um, all right. I think any other discussion on that before we move on? I think we'll have another opportunity. People can take a look at it. Opportunity to visit it again in February. <laughs> Sorry. The uh, item F certificates of staff, chair and staff. Now, since we didn't have a December meeting, I had to go back and remember some of these because mm -hmm. they were so long ago. Um, uh, 422 Grant Street in the Longfellow Historic District. They had a uh, deck approval uh, back here, and when they re it was an old deck, and they were building a new one. And when they removed it, they found that whoever built that deck did not put ledger flashing, and so they all of the water went into the wall. This is the sill plate of the house. This is the sheathing. It's all rotten. So we approved to um, have them get that replaced and then they'll build their new deck. Um, 418 Brown Street. So this is 414, which is a local and national register landmark. This is Gaslight Village. 418, 420, and 422, all on this one property. But anyway, this house here, which is clearly, it's not historic. It's built in the um, 60s, 70s. It um, is getting some new siding. This is all warped and weird, and um, this is, you know, messed up. And so it'll match the, the lower level here. There it is on the map. Wait, there it is on the map. This belongs there. Uh, we had several staff reviews. This um, uh, retaining wall was built, and they uh, need to replace the steps already. It did not need review, but the steps do. So, um, This is 610 North Johnson Street. It's a rental house um, with these unfortunate railings. They replaced just these railings. They added um, pipe railings to the stairs. That was it. Um, this one has been, it's a case from the middle of 2021. Um, this 
family bought this house, great, and they brought their solar panels with them. <laughs> and they wanted to get them approved. We approve a layout, you know, because where the solar panels go is important. And they could not find a contractor who would install the solar panels that they already owned. So it was a big struggle, and that's why it was a long wait and they finally decided they were originally so this is the f the front of the house like this portion is right here and so there's a rear addition and then there's a long garage it has an office in it they were going to install the solar panels originally here which we can approve but they just needed to decide that and um so over time, they've decided they're going to put them on the garage. I frankly don't know if they're going to get enough solar heat gain in order for that to work with this uh, tree right here, but we approved them to be installed that the there. house with that chapel right there, that little stone thing? Oh, yeah, they do. Um, the site inventory form for this property, they have a lot of these little s concrete stone put-together things. Yeah, it, it was one of those things that was considered significant, even though at the time it, they decided it was significant, it wasn't even historic yet. Right. Um, and now it's all falling apart. We don't regulate anything with all of the little follies in the yard. I mean, yes, we want them to keep them, but they're falling apart so yeah they're it's a big yard like little grottos or something yeah, yeah it's like grottos concrete with like, little it was mm -hmm. like five by eight and it was you could walk into this thing this like if you were to email me i could find the site inventory form and send it to you right. there's a 1997 little hawk article about them oh, okay on oh. it <laughs> i don't think those are digitified <laughs> All right, I'll see what I can find. This is Carl's house, and uh, he had a steel door like we can't approve here, and he wanted to get it replaced, and so he's getting one that's kind of like this. It'll have uh, four light windows in each of these panels. He also has a garage on the alley, and it's just going to get a flush panel steel door. So. Um, <laughs> this poor little house... I did some investigating because I was super confused. This was the open front porch, and it's been subsumed into the house, so that's why it looks so odd. So it'll probably never look like it originally did again, but oh well. It has a deck and a ramp, but then on the back of the house, it has an extensive two-story deck, and all of that flooring is getting replaced on the two-story deck in the back. Um, this is a rental property that needed new stairs and they didn't get it approved and these are not right so they are getting new stairs what's not a right about them just in case you want to know uh, first of all they have to have closed risers and by code all the risers need to be the same height so you can't have the big step off at the bottom we also don't want them to attach this board to the skirt board of the porch we want them to actually extend from the porch pier to the porch pier, the full width. And then they should have a little toe kick, which is the little overhang on each side so that they they look right. But Tuck pointing. Yeah. We didn't we we wouldn't tell them to do that though. <laughs> so anyway, these hopefully will be replaced sooner than later. Um, oh, this is an interesting case, and it uh, it is one of those where our guidelines uh, allowed it, and it's fine, but in a way, it's a little problematic. This bungalow um, originally had asphalt shingles. It always did. They were probably red. And it will have a standing seam metal roof applied to it, which um, our guidelines specifically say to consider alternative roofing choices like standing seam metal roofs and so it can be allowed historically though it would have been an asphalt shingle and a red color which is unfortunate um, we did work hard with the contractor to make sure though that it's the appropriate type of standing seam that is a hard one for a lot of the roofing contractors because of the fact that um, all of the commercially you know readily available standing seam roofs have ridges and striations in them to prevent them from doing what they call oil canning it kind of pops um, which happens when you have a metal that's too thin and it's smooth and so 
to counteract that, you use a thicker gauge metal. And um, so it makes the roof a little bit more expensive, um, but it is a requirement. The reason it's a requirement is a few years ago, the National Register actually put out a statement saying that the, all of the agricultural style metal roofs that were going on, if that alone could prevent a property from being eligible for the National Register. And so we changed our guidelines to regulate roofs in historic districts or on landmark properties in order to prevent the agricultural style roofs. There are a few on Burlington Street that if you want to drive down there, um, that's a conservation district and that's why they have been put in there. Um, there's a house, for instance, at 415 Van Buren Street. It's in a conservation district, and it had a um, metal roof in a pretty good condition, but we don't regulate that, and so it's being replaced right now just because we don't regulate that. Um, oh, we had one intermediate review. If you might remember, we approved this um, garage for the house on Kirkwood, and um, they changed it slightly uh, by um, changing the grain on one end of the garage, and that'll actually be on the, <laughs> the west side, or the, um, side the Keokuk, is yeah, that the, <laughs> the Keokuk street uh, facing side will step down a little bit, and so that just made the, um, oh, this end a little bit taller. It was a minor change. Any update on that old garage that or shed? Did they just completely tear that down? Uh, they will be because that's the location of the new garage. Oh, that's right. Okay, I remember that. But no, I haven't. I don't. I don't know that they've started that project yet. I'm not sure. All right. Consideration of the minutes from the November 10th uh, meeting. We have a motion to approve those. Thoman motions to approve the minutes for November 10th, 2022. Second. Beck seconds. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Minutes have passed. Commission information. Just get a couple things. Yeah. Let me go first. Do. Do, you do you want me to go or do you want to go? I'm totally a mess in my packet, so hold on. Well, what, I'll, I'll go with. While go you, ahead. So I, uh, in. December uh, was uh, elected to join the National Association of Preservation Commission's board, uh, which is kind of cool. We had our first, um, I'm on the advocacy subcommittee, and we had our first meeting yesterday. So I awesome. feel like I have learned a lot in just that hour, uh, which is very cool. And um, our first meeting is in March, so I'll be out um, at our first meeting, and I can report back next time we see each other after that. So. But you can continue serving in your role here until June. June. My term is up in June. Okay. I've served. The council often doesn't appoint people to after two full terms, and I've served two full terms and a partial term. So I, it is unlikely that I would get reappointed if I'm going to reapp if I would reapply, and I'm not going to. And he's not invited to meetings as it is. So what's that? Right. He's not invited to meetings as it is. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, it's a change is always good. Good to have fresh ideas and perspective, and I'm not. When my time is up on this commission, I mean, I'm, my time is up on preservation work in Iowa City. So, um, anyway, that was my one announcement. Um, Jessica told me to announce. I mm -hmm. kind of forgot. Yeah. Where are you going for your meeting in March? It's in DC, which is That'd convenient. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I hear there's going to be a direct flight there starting. There this is. Summer. Yeah, so awesome. I know. I'm very excited. <laughs> From Cedar Rapids really? to DC. Oh, yeah. American Airlines. Huge yep. deal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I had one. Uh, bit of sad news and I couldn't get um, retrieval on the internet to work properly so anyway Thomas Baldridge oh yeah passed away recently he uh, was a member of the Commission from I think 2007 to 2014 he, I, at least then I know, was on the County Historic Preservation Commission in 2015 because I served on it at the same time and he was there. He was also one of the founding members of Friends of Historic Preservation, mm. uh, especially when like Old Brick was involved in all of that. And so I, I do believe that Friends is going to investigate the idea of naming an uh, award after him. 
Awesome. Uh, just wanted to Got point that out. Board. He uh, was 92. And so he had a very nice long life, and um, his uh, obituary is in the Press Citizen, if you want to read it. And he was a classmate of my mother's at oh, City wow. High. Hmm. They were Your mother, who also served on the commission. Your mother, who also served on the commission. My mother was also on the commission yeah. back in the 70s, Yeah. whenever it first started. Very good. And I, I think that's it, because my other thing was like about the annual report. Did you say he was the founder of his? Of he Trans was just a member of, it, yeah. of the founding group. A founding and, member. Founding. Yeah. Okay. He, there was a couple that really led. He's the, not like named specifically. So. Um, all right. Any other updates? Anyone? All right. I have motion. Do motion to adjourn. Do we have a motion to adjourn. Need one. Uh, Wagner moves to adjourn. Second. Reynolds seconds the motion. All in favor say aye. 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 Me opposed. We are adjourned. Thank you, everybody.